What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath. Hopefully you have had a good week. I am bringing on a marketer that is bringing it in B2B right now. I am joined by Elizabeth Irvine, VP of Marketing at MarketMuse. She is putting together with her team a conference that's on the other side of this week, June 7th and June 9th, the Content Strategy Collective. Go check it out. If you're in content, it's definitely for you. Today, we are going to be talking about creating personalized experiences for your audience, topic that is near and dear to my heart. I'm excited to explore it with Elizabeth. If you like what we're doing over here, follow, subscribe, do all those things we do as marketers and content consumers and people. But most importantly, tell a friend you are enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am excited for this conversation. I am joined by Elizabeth Irvine, who's the VP of Marketing at Market Muse. Today, we will be discussing creating personalized experiences for your audience, which I know is a topic that is near and dear to all of our hearts out there. But without further ado, Elizabeth, welcome. How are you? Yes, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm good. It's a bit gloomy here today, but hopefully the sun will come out the next couple of days. It's been it's been raining here all day, and I'm jealous of my my daughter. She's taken two um, hour and a half naps already before before lunchtime. So oh, that's the great. life. That's a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Let maybe share with the audience if they're unfamiliar. Uh, Market Muse, who you are, what you do. Yeah, Market Muse is a content intelligence and strategy platform. And we use AI to enable teams to develop and execute winning search and content strategies. That's awesome. You can't have enough awesome um, products in the content marketing uh, landscape, that's for sure. And I know you all are busy planning a conference, and I want to give you some time to talk a little bit about that before we jump into the topic. So why don't you plug, because I believe, yeah, it'll this will be live and it'll be on the, the week after um, this gets published. So maybe share a little bit of perspective on co- the Content Strategy Collective, kind of what it's about and, and what, what you're hoping for. Absolutely. We started the Content Strategy Collective Slack community in um, early 2020 when the pandemic started as a way to connect our audience and others who were in the space and trying to figure out how to navigate not only that landscape, but extending beyond that. We knew it was something when we created it, it was going to live and breathe forever, as long as we could manage at least. And it's really turned into a really welcoming, thriving Slack community where we share tips and tricks and challenges and job postings. And we have a bulletin board and the typical things that you would find in Slack community. And we've always wanted to run an event as well and this was actually a really great catalyst to, to kickstart a digital event. So the Content Strategy Collective Live is from June 7th to 9th in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Scary. But we pulled together a really just stacked lineup of speakers. Joe Paluzzi, Andy Crestina, Maddie Osman, Robert Rose, Aleda Solis. There's just, it's I don't have enough time in the day to fit everybody in without overlapping. We were trying not to do that this year. Um, we ran it last year for the first time, and we just saw such great engagement and reaction from the community, and we're really excited to bring it back and would love to extend the invite. And it's There's free passes and there's paid passes for additional content and um, Market Muse workshops. 
so yeah, we'd love to see you there. So I know putting on an event is content and there is a, it's a massive undertaking, no matter the size of marketing team. So when you've said you've done this before, I'm sure you've learned some things. What has this time been around? What's it been like this time around planning and how do you and your team prioritize facilitating, reaching out, organizing, building this thing, promoting it on top of everything else that you are all responsible for uh, in your roles? Oh, it's focus. Um, And one thing I learned last year, I, (laughs) I made fun of myself all the time for taking on too much with the event last year. We kind of had two tracks going where we had full days of workshops and sessions happening. And it was a lot of orchestration. It was amazing content, but this year going in, we we tried to pull back and, and simplify and focus and reduce the, the burden a little bit so that the effort that went into what was happening within the event was at the highest quality. And it was last year too, but it was a mountain. <laughs> it was it was a lot. And yeah, even put, we put on webinars every other week too. And that's orchestrating that is, is effort. It takes a lot of back and forth and organizing and that live aspect, making sure everything is running smoothly. Um, with an event, it's just at an exponential level with the back-to-back element and announcements and making sure that our sponsors get the visibility and attention that, that they deserve and making sure that there's, there's good networking and communication happening from every angle. So there's, there's a lot to think about, but yeah, this year, I think focusing, focusing on the theme and making sure that all of the sessions kind of align to that. And it's really easy to have it expand and kind of morph into something else as you, as you go. <laughs> so I, before we get completely off of this topic, cause I, I think it's an interesting, good and uh, well-timed um, I'm curious, Slack community, sure. this is where it started. Uh, there's a lot of conversations. I'm assuming people are talking about different topics. How did like the conversations that were happening in the community influence the, the topic in the agenda of the conference? And also I'd love to learn and have the audience understand like what, what is the primary like topic of the agenda that is the theme that you guys will be hitting or you'll be mapping back to with your the content and the sessions that during the content strategy collective. Yeah, it's all aligning around creating data-driven content strategies. So there's sessions that kind of are influenced by our customers and where our customers are having challenges, comments and conversations that that happen in the Slack community, themes that we see on on prospect calls as well. So we try to take what we're seeing generally in the market and bring in expertise that can help shed light and, and guide, guide the audience in that way. And content strategy itself can mean different things to different people. Um, so we, we wanted to factor in different, different viewpoints and different industries that could be impacted there. So there's, there's a whole session that's focused on enterprise content. What does it mean to bring in a technology that, will impact process technology uh, people and that change management and how do you how do you create content in in an enterprise setting and that's that's a whole other beast from maybe starting a blog from scratch when you're a small small marketing team so there's we we try to think about all the different shapes and forms that that this could mean for the people that we're we're talking to 
I love it. Uh, sounds like a relevant topic. Everyone go, we'll put links in the show notes, go check it out, sign up. Let's dive into the topic. So creating personalized experiences. I know at Market Muse, you're undertaking a big website personalization project. And I want to get into that because I'm, I want to learn about what you're doing, why you're doing it. But maybe we start at the top with just like personalization at Market Muse in your marketing team. Like, how do you all think about it? Um, I think we all want to be more personalized in everything we do from outreach to content to communication, but just how are you thinking about it in kind of everything you do at Market Muse? Yeah. And for me personally, I I sort of grew up in a way with personalization and in mind having, I worked for Tech Target, which is an IT media company with probably now hundreds of digital properties. <laughs> But we were focused on those the different intent levels and creating customer journeys that were unique for individuals and supplying the right content for them when they needed it. So that's kind of personally been in my blood for a long time. And personalization comes in many forms as well, simply from parameters that you can include in emails and maybe changing changing elements on a page based on invent, based on industry and um, company size or something like that. But we thought a lot about a personalization strategy based on how we advise our customers to create customer journeys mm-hmm. and thinking about the different stages of the funnel and creating intent focused content and content that reaches specific user intent. And tech, we use Mutiny for our personalization tool. Highly recommend them. I'm a- Shout out Mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> and you're able to get really hyper specific and and find many, many rabbit holes. You end up going down many rabbit holes because there's just so many variations that you can create. You can easily get lost in a wonderful way, um, but you can also create such a hyper-personalized experience for people on your site that, that they crave because with your website and with content, one size doesn't fit all. And so how do you show every as many individual people visiting you as possible that you have insight, that you have something for them, whether it's your technology or service or just educational content. Um, so that's kind of how we're, how we're thinking about it. So I think a lot of what you said is, is certainly interesting. And I think it's no, no surprise that you're using mutiny. I think there's a reason why they just got a big round of funding and uh, probably, uh, because they organically get mentioned on podcasts like this and people want to check them out. So I'm curious, like the timing of this, like on your end, website personalization vendor, like did you, was there a process that you were going through to evaluate and landed on Mutiny or was it you had seen Mutiny in the market or heard about them on what other customers are doing and decided like, this is something I want to explore right now. Is, is t- Tell me a little bit about just your evaluation process. Yeah, there's two layers. We had been using proof beforehand. They, we were only able to connect data from our sales force in order to personalize people that we already knew, which is great, but we, we couldn't target anonymous visitors the way that we wanted to. And one of our other partners, Mad Kudu, had recognized recommended mutiny to us because they were starting to create a partnership with them. And I, I checked them out. And after going through their platform and understanding the, the data available for targeting, targeting anonymous visitors and 
filling, filling in the gaps that we didn't have in the other platform. It just was a, it was a no brainer for us. So we've, we've been using them for about a year. Was, is, was there a moment that happened or an initiative that you were working on where you decided like this, we need to undertake this project and we needed, we need to do it right now. Was there like a compelling moment? Cause I know a lot of us think about website personalization, but never like make the jump to go make it happen. For us, it was, what can we, what, what can we get the most bang for our buck? Really? I would rather spend the time converting someone who's already on my site than when we have their attention, than spend money trying to grab their attention when they're focused on something else. So we, and we've been able to do that. If you look at the investment in mutiny and use that same investment elsewhere, the cost per, the cost per lead based on the conversion lifts that we've seen, it, it was an easy renewal. <laughs> I love that. So often we want like the charge on from marketing is more like we're in this volume game, like bring in more leads, like go, go acquisition, acquisition, acquisition. And sometimes it's like just taking a step back and saying, okay, we've already had, we, we already have these people in the audience. Like what can we do as a team to create better experiences for these individuals so that they will go raise their hand and want a conversation when the time is right. And it sounds like that was something you realized through the process and you decided website personalization is something that can help us do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So uh, maybe talk a little bit about like, what are your, what are your goals with, with the website personalization project conversion, I would imagine, but do you have any other goals or objectives going into this, this project? Yeah. Conversion rates are definitely a North star metric for, for marketing. Um, volume is important, of course, but efficiency and quality of the conversions matter more to us. So we approached the, we approached the project and continued to in, in a few different areas, looking at high intent and high converting pages to see how we can get even more from them, as well as key funnel pages and content that can help move people through, through the funnel and keep them reading and keep them on our site. Um, specific ICPs, uh, starting with the highest volume. And some of that comes, comes from that, that data source from Mutiny showing where those pockets are highly concentrated. And it may be an area that we weren't expecting. And so if we create an experience for that group and show them how, how we can help and, and drive them through the funnel, we would convert at a better rate than we were expecting. And then also just message testing. I have a general headline test running right now and I had to shut one off really quickly because I had, I think, three different headlines running and two of them did exponentially worse than, than the control and the other. So I was like, let's, we'll stop that, <laughs> remove those and focus on the other two. And it was just being able to get that information so quickly and, and act on it and then kind of hone, hone that kind of test. Now the the message that I'm testing against the control is like double getting double the conversion. So it's, it's just nice being able to be nimble and see the impact so quickly. Are you running, how often are these tests and experiments taking place and how often are you making these decisions? Like stop this, start this. They're always running <laughs> and they have, they have an algorithm that tells you if there's statistical significance so you don't have to guess, like, do I have enough people who've looked at this? Their system tells you if there's enough and it'll say, this is the winner. We're going to shut the other ones off and do 
push this one or you can do it yourself, which is what I did because I was so horrified by the two other headlines that didn't do as well. And I can, I can do that. I can just shut it off and just focus on one alternative. And so it's, yeah, they, they kind of are always running. You can, you can schedule them, but there's also a prioritization. So you won't see, you can see a few things happening at once, but you're able to say, I want this one to show for this group first. And then you can have an order of priority from there. There's going to be some overlap. There's some that will never see the same two experiences, um, depending on the filters that you have on that. And that's why there's so many rabbit holes that you can go down. So focusing time and effort on where you expect that conversion to be and where you want to experiment. That's where, that's where, the, that's where the fun is. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no doubt. And so I'm like, my wheels are spinning on like, if if I were viewing this and looking up at this, just the changes and how I would work with other people on this. I'm curious, just at Market Muse with a project like this that's ongoing always. How did you it, it being it being newer for you all? How did you decide on just like the alignment regarding like? your people, like technology, strategy process, like how did you go about making sure that this big undertaking wasn't like ultra disruptive, but was something that was going to like help align and unite the team around the goals that you're looking to achieve? Yeah. Strangely, this was, this was a relatively easy lift, at least in terms of implementation. It's a simple, I don't know if I dare even say that, but, but it's, because it's just, a, it's an overlay over the site. So it's not something that's like integrated in, in a really complex way, technology-wise. It's, it's a code that is in the, on your website and it just kind of does an overlay over the site. And so we didn't even really need to get our development and engineering team involved, um, which I've, I've had to in the past for using personalization tools and almost the, I needed to go through them in the past for running experiments. And so that was a, a consideration before, but now it's really just run through the marketing team. And the most important thing that we try to focus on is communicating what we're seeing. Mm. So the results around the headline testing and what that means for our sales enablement materials and how we may start a demo and how we talk about market news. When we look at those met that message testing, we want to we want to share those results with the rest of the teams so that way they can learn from what we're seeing with these sort of really quick tests, but also the other way around. So if we're getting information from our customer facing teams and, and sales teams about how they're hearing challenges being framed in the market, we want to instill that and try that on the website and, and test it to to resonate from from all angles. So it really for us it's it's more on the communication side and and communicating those results and making sure that we're, we're all aligned as our ICP changes and evolves, which it inevitably does. <laughs> I, I want to get a little, um, uh, this fascinates me, especially the communication stuff. So like maybe going a layer deeper on like the tactical side of the communication, is this something that like these tests and information, is it being shared? Like, do you have a Slack channel? Are there, are there meetings? Like how do you share updates? And then if there's work that comes on the other side of these updates, like how are you kind of organized cross-functionally to begin to implement some of these changes? Yeah, we have a weekly marketing pulse in a half an hour. (laughs) And we talk through the projects that we're doing, the campaigns that we're running and programs will give an event update. 
And we created a whole segment just for mutiny. We're showing how much of this, what percentage of the site is personalized, how much of a lift we've gotten, specific segments. So there was one segment I focused on last week that was specifically for technology companies. It was like 150% conversion lift from, from one change to, to the homepage. And what that, what that tells me is when we, it helps you when you're able to see a lift in a certain industry, and we've seen similar lifts in, in other industries too, because we tested in one and then you're able to easily scale. And those ones are relatively simple. It was changing the logos on our homepage to be aligned with their industry. We changed a customer quote to be someone in their industry. So just, just showing that we have success and results and their peers trust us. That's, that's one of the, that's, that's really basic, but really impactful strategy that you can put in place. So when we share that with the customer facing teams, they can, they can do similar things with their presentations or when they're talking with prospects, they can, they can reference those, those quotes. And alternatively, if we have a gap, we can say, Hey, we want to run a personalized experience for manufacturing. What can you get? Can you guys help me with this? Do you have any logos that we can use here, any quotes, that sort of thing. It also really helps when we're doing intent-based experiences. It, it shows where we have content gaps that we need to create and where we can have a really unique story, whether it's a case study or data that we could pull to create a compelling story for some of these segments that are, are doing really well in these in these um, experiments and these experiences that we can sort of double down on and and use in other in other ways. This is uh, this is all good information. Hopefully, everyone out there listening who's thinking about website personalization has a pen and a notepad out because there's a lot of good nuggets in here. Maybe kind of rounding ho- to home, a couple more here. I'm just curious, what have you learned through this experience with website personalization that you might not have been expecting? I think for me, it, w- it was the number of rabbit holes that you can go down because I knew, I knew at a high level what we were going to be able to do from changing, changing text and changing logos. But it was really, it was really just mind blowing when I combined the personalization with the customer journey. And you can create an experience for someone in a specific industry when they visited these pages a certain number of times, you know they're at a certain intent, it'll be a lower volume, but if you put the right thing in front of them when they get to that point and you see that conversion increase and, and you see that lift, when you see an overall conversion lift of 125%, 170% overall for all of your stuff, it's just like you just get addicted to it. You want to do more and more because then you know that the, you can physically see the work that you're doing is making an impact. And that's when you can say, okay, we're at a really healthy place here. How do we get more volume? How do we just get more eyes on this? And then that's when that sort of multi, multi-functional omni-channel strategy really, really comes to, to play in and have an even bigger impact when you have that external effort coming in. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally, I, I didn't expect to get as addicted to it as I did as well. And I know the, the members of my team who are working on it are as well. Um, to the point where it's like, we need to make sure we're doing all the other stuff too. (laughs) Um, But it's just, yeah, like I said before, being able to take advantage of the people who are already interacting with your site is, is incredibly valuable. 
It sounds like this whole experience has really helped you all deliver a more personalized, better customer experience, which is awesome. And I think you had a lot of nuggets in here and a lot of things for everyone out there listening, including myself, to think about just with our own websites and what we're doing or not doing on a day-to-day basis. Probably you're going to inspire some people to go explore website personalization a little bit more. I know I am after this. Maybe like what in closing, like maybe what is like one piece of advice that you have for anyone that's about to or thinking about going down uh, this website personalization journey? I think it's really understanding, understanding what you, what you want to get out of it. We knew that we needed to, we knew specific areas where we had gaps in our, in our funnel and conversion. We have some, we've always had some areas where the conversion was, was crazy high and other areas where there was confusion, whether it was the page or the intent, or um, they would kind of stop on that page. So I think it goes back to that focus that I had talked about kind of around the event. It plays into, it plays into this as well as understanding, understanding what you want to, what you want to get out of it. If it's purely testing message testing that you could use something like mutiny to, to test messages all day long. And it could really inform a lot of downstream impact in terms of overall brand message and, and content and material, or you hyper-focus on, converting off of the blog and focusing on specific, specific pages. And I think it's because of those rabbit holes and the volume of them, you can get, it can be overwhelming and sort of like any, any kind of marketing data, you can have too much of it coming at you. <laughs> and you almost don't know what to do with it all. So I think having a strategy before you go into it to understand where that focus is, is going to help, going to help lift it off a bit faster and then you'll get addicted to it and it'll, it'll expand into many other areas but i think that's okay <laughs> june 7th through the 9th content strategy collective market muse is putting it on go hit the link in the show notes or go visit market muse site elizabeth this was awesome thank you so much for sharing your knowledge yeah thank you thank you for having me So much knowledge dropped from Elizabeth. That is something that I love to dig into. It's all about the experience, baby. Make sure you are checking out their conference, June 7th, 9th, Content Strategy Collective. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Modern Day Marketer next week.